Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Perspective Transformation Radio, enjoying its 10th anniversary, often the number one live airing broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and reaching a global audience of over 185,000 listeners. During this hour-long interview-style program, you'll meet Perspective Transformers, who come to share their most pivotal, life-changing insights and aha moments, offering you instant access to life, leadership, and God-loving seismic shifts of your own. We encourage you to invite friends to join you here now, or share quotes with attribution, and also reach out to our sponsor, WomenSpeakers.com. WomenSpeakers.com is the most popular online connecting place for Christian event planners and Christian women speakers since 2002. I'm your host, Marnie Swedberg, and I encourage you to grab a notepad and get ready to meet today's Perspective Transformer. Welcome, welcome. So excited to have you with us this afternoon. And if you're here live with us, thanks for joining us. And if you are listening to the archives, thanks for joining us then. My name is Marnie Swedberg. I'm your host, and today's guest is Amy Bauman. Uh, we're going to be talking today about getting in over our heads, and sometimes we do that ourselves, and sometimes God just throws us in the deep end of the pool, and we don't know what to think about it, and it's all very overwhelming, and that's what we're going to talk about today. During the next hour, you're going to discover renewed hope for freedom from endless struggle. How to stop feeling like you're the only one experiencing this? Um, you're going to discover how miracles didn't just occur in the Old Testament, New Testaments, but they're still occurring today. How God still speaks to us today and how to believe that God has a plan for you and a purpose for your life. Our guest today, Amy Bauman, is a speaker, blogger, and founder of For His Glory Ministry. She's the author of a book called In Over My Head and also the author of Looking for God and Living on the Waves. You can learn more about her at her website, amybauman.com or over at womenspeakers.com. If you click on Michigan, she's going to show right up. Welcome to you, Amy. So excited to have you with us this afternoon. Oh, thank you, Marty. I'm so excited to be here. Well, uh, this topic is so fun because I just did a training on this not very long ago. And uh, I, what happens, I think, is that when we get it thrown in the deep end of a pool, what it feels like to me when that happens is that God has allowed somebody or has personally thrown me into the deep end of the pool and I'm just in the deep end of the pool flailing around like a drowning person whereas yes. how he wants us to experience it is that he both threw us into the pool and he there he was in the pool there catch us like a dad with a baby you know he's yes. right there we're, we're not alone in this deep end of the pool, but boy, it feels like we are, doesn't it? It does. And I don't think that, I mean, none of us like to be flailing around in the deep end of the pool, but if we were always in the shallow end, there's no growth there. And I think that's really important that when you get in the deep end, that allows God a lot of room to grow us. Oh my goodness. That is a great, that's a great thought. So I kind of describe my life as, um, I'm being, I get thrown into the deep end of a pool. I finally figure out how to keep my head above water and I start dog paddling. And then I figure out a couple simple strokes and some kicks. And then pretty soon I'm doing some laps and then pretty soon I'm proficient at it. And then pretty soon I'm teaching somebody else who got thrown into the deep end of the pool, how to do that thing. <laughs> that I just learned how to do exactly. exactly. <laughs> but this concept that God's there with me, and helping me, and that there's really never any concern or fear that I'm going to drown. There's this confidence that's there even when you're flailing about and, you know, trying to just figure things out. So, Amy, um, this endless struggle concept, uh, renewed hope for freedom from endless struggle, I wonder if that's like when I think, uh, I have a friend who says it came to pass. You know, and it, she, then she just stops. She goes, well, it came to pass. And then you're, you're expecting the rest of the story, but she just means whatever it is that's happening right now, it came to pass. It'll go away. <laughs> it's just here for a minute, so don't worry so much. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on uh, endless struggle? Oh, well, I feel 
um, if we go back to the, the swimming pool analogy, I mean, there's sometimes that, you know, we jump in ourselves and other times I feel like we're, we're pushed in or, or nudged in by someone else and endless struggle. I really believe is a lot of the, the uh, struggle that we have today in this world being distracted by all the things that come our way. Some of it is self-induced. Some of it is just the way the world works. And I think it's a really easy way for the, the enemy of our soul to um, distract us and to bring us farther away from God. And so some people you're going to find are constantly in an endless struggle just because of everything that's coming their way, things that they're allowing to come their way, just based on, you know, not, not realizing where it's coming from. And um, a lot of times we can get in over our head because we don't, we don't take a minute and realize, okay, is this, is this God? Is this God stretching me, growing me? Or am I just under an attack? Is the devil just wanting to, you know, distract me so that I don't have a relationship with the Lord, that I'm not spending time in his word, that I'm not focusing on all of the truths in my life. And, and I think we can get uh, caught up into this endless struggle of just life in general. And um, we need to, to focus on where, where do we get our truth from so that we can uh, stop flailing around in the deep end and, and get our hope and our freedom uh, through him. Do you have a catchphrase or something that you say to yourself when you recognize, okay, I'm starting to, you know, I'm starting to feel, um, <laughs> starting to feel a little overwhelmed here or a little stuck? Well, I think it depends on how bad of the situation. Sometimes just, um, <laughs> shut up, devil. I'm not listening to that. Um, sometimes it's just, okay, I got to take a breather here. What's, what's happening? What's, what's going on? Um, sometimes it's just, uh, taking a deep breath throughout the day. I take a lot of deep breaths and, and that allows just to take a second and, and process what's happening at that moment. And I mean, and we all go through different things. Some of us have, you know, our young parents, we have kids at home, we're getting them off to school or we're, um, we're with our children all day long, or we're experiencing issues at our job, or we're interacting with people in the grocery store. And I, Sometimes uh, we just need to take that minute and that breath and, 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 and not react, but just uh, breathe through it and, and pray and, and uh, ask for some discernment to move to that next, that next step. So I have this phrase that I use. I, I say, now that's a thought. Now that's a thought. So it comes across my mind. <laughs> So what happened is several weeks ago, getting ready to go to Africa and Asia, and and one of the event planners in uh, speaking at six separate conferences, and one of the event planners called, and he says, uh, how they speak in Africa, he says, Mom, my breath has been taken away. (laughs) It was that the sponsor... The sponsor said, um, the sponsor who is going to provide the funds for the the conference had said, um, had just reached out to him and said, you know, we are, we're so committed to this. This is what we're going to do, but we're going to send you the funds in February. Well, it is now September and the, <laughs> the conference is in October. And so he says, my breath has been taken away. And I, I had just Four, three or four days before the call, I had just purchased, you know, five thousand dollars worth of tickets for us for right. the team to go. And uh, so, so because of the timing, it was very clear to me that God was, I'm, I'm going to come anyway. I said, so we just have to trust God that He's going to provide. And so right. we prayed about it together, hung up the phone. Later that day, I, I jotted it into my prayer journal. I have this little journal, and it's just one small little thing, and just one page per prayer request. And I, as I was jotting it in the journal, in my spirit bubbled up from God's heart, I believe, uh, bubbled up in, in the thought, isn't it exciting that I gave Sam the funds for next year's conference in advance? Wasn't that a great surprise? <laughs> and I said, well, that's a lot. <laughs> and oh, I wow. Thought, I thought that wasn't what I was thinking, but that is a thought. Okay, so that reframes it a little bit. And yep. You know, now to just watch how God is going to provide, how God is providing. And the thing is that when, when you're in a deep end of the pool, you know, like this event coordinator, he finds himself all of a sudden with an event conference rushing at him and no funds. 
you know, what are we going to do? That That's terrifying, horrifying. And so, you know, just running to Jesus. Just, and actually, you know, um, Ephesians 2, verse 6 says that we're seated with him in the heavenlies. So in moments like that, I just literally envisioned myself just running like a small child, running pell-mell into the courtroom of heaven, running and jumping on daddy's lap, sitting with my right arm against his chest. So I'm looking straight at Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. okay, what are you thinking about this? Because I'm, I'm freaked out, totally freaked out. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, just, it's such a different position than being, than drowning. It's a whole different position than drowning. Absolutely. And I think we forget that in our flesh, you know, there's that, there's that battle between the spiritual realm and the earthly realm in our flesh. We want to have control. We want everything, you know, to, to come at the right time and in the right moment and, and have all the control and the planning and the logistics and all of that. And there are, um, his ways are not our ways and we have to be able to, to stay focused on that and, and to take that moment, and like you're saying, and run to him and talk to him about it instead of just, okay, well, let's see, plan B is this, and we're going to do this, and there's there's no room for God there then. <laughs> right. My saying is that we are all hopelessly addicted to the delusion that we're in control of anything. <laughs> because oh, honestly, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, when you're driving, it's a couple feet between you and the next cars that are coming straight at you. You know, any time uh, a health or some other kind of thing could, you know, we just had the hurricane coming straight at us, you know, turned and then hit us. But it could have, um, you know, we're always just a couple minutes from a disaster or death. Uh, we 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 have no con- we have no control. No so control. what we do have is we have the choice of what we're going to think about, what's coming into our mind. And I've been finding this phrase, you know, now that thought really helpful because it just helps me remember, you know, is that God, is that thought from you? Uh, is that thought helpful? Is it, you yes. know, n- nurturing and helpful or is it, is it even true? Because we have millions of thoughts and, you know, a lot of them we're supposed to not really hang on to. Exactly. And I think that's one when all of those thoughts are coming our way. Um, I love what you said. We, is it edifying? Is it something that God would say to me? Or is it, you know, tearing me down? Is it, is it speaking a lie to me? Is it discouraging me? Um, is it something negative about me? And we do. We have that choice. And I think the more that we're in the word and we're claiming our truth and reading about that, how God looks at us, how, what we were designed for, um, we have a better opportunity of navigating that those lies when they come our way, and um, and that's another way to renew our hope and our freedom from endless mm-hmm. struggle is by being in the Word and and claiming our truth. Yeah, taking those thoughts captive, not just letting them run rampant. Exactly. So, um, how Amy, how do you stop feeling like you're the only one? When that's the feel, I mean, all of us, I can't imagine that there'd be anybody who can't relate to that. During some point in your life, you have thought, I'm the only one that ever has to blink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I camped there for years. I would camp there for yeah. years. Um, yeah. So in over my head, my story is about my journey. And in 1996, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and I was camped there for a long time thinking that I was the only one and I had to learn um, that the enemy does a lot of things uh, to get us um, set aside and isolated so that we can have that uh, pity party that we can think that we are the only one that we can travel down this road of um, I can't believe this happened to me um, my life is over. I'm, you know, you get so sad and truly, you know, we need to be in community with each other. We need to be in fellowship with each other so that we're not isolated, that we can walk alongside of each other when we're all struggling. I mean, we all have uh, these things that we're going to go through in life. And it's then when we're in community and not isolated that we don't feel like we're the only one, that we can be praying for each other and lifting each other up and encouraging each other. 
And um, that's the only way we can do it is is by uh, being vulnerable and stepping out and uh, and sharing our pain with someone else. Hmm. Yeah, I um, I think that the phrase the I'm the I'm the only one um, to me smacks of smacks of self pity. And I remember yes. years ago being very, very sad for a very long time. I, I'm not usually a sad person. I'm very, you know, bubbly and just joyful. That's just how God made me. So when I was yeah. sad, I couldn't understand what is the matter. And I was praying about it and I couldn't figure it out. And then one morning, um, God just brought to my attention that I was feeling sorry for myself. And mm. in that moment, I thought, oh, I never, ever want to touch my toe to that again. But <laughs> I mean, the, the temptation to go, you know, and I've heard different people say, you know, I allow myself five minutes or whatever. Boy, not me. Amy, if I feel myself starting to feel sorry for myself, I am just on my face. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> because yeah. honestly, it has the ability, at least for me, it has the ability to just push me over the edge of the cliff and I'm just in free fall and just being banged up and bumped all the way down the side of that rocky hill until finally, you know, I would at some point come to come to rest. And it's it's really a nasty, it's really a nasty temptation. I would agree. And I I love how we're getting into, you know, the the fall um, and and I think you know Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And I Thanksgiving isn't just this time to one month out of the year to like be thankful for things. <laughs> I think right. you know we have to be reminded and and be remembering all of the things that we have to be grateful for because when we're when we're grateful, it seems like then we're not feeling sorry for ourselves. We can we can find something right. to be grateful for no matter what it is. That it can pull us out of that. That um, I'm I'm the only one. I feel sorry right. for myself. You know. Right. I actually have a great story about that. So um, my husband loves gardening, and I don't. I hate gardening, but he <laughs> really loves gardening. And so you know, every spring he'd go out. It was cold, northern Minnesota. It's cold in the spring, so he'd go out and he'd rototill. Have you ever watched somebody rototill a garden? It's hilarious. They're just like being shook <laughs> to death. <laughs> Anyway, he comes in and he realizes that as he was out there in the cold rototilling, his wedding band had actually shook itself off of his hand and he had rototilled it in his garden. And so I know. So then he got a a metal detector from somewhere. He's out there. He's going over this whole huge, it was a huge garden. He's going over this whole thing and he comes in and he's like, I found every nail, every can, everything you can imagine except a ring. Anyway, anyway, so this one day, anyway, this one day he's getting ready to go to work and he's, he's like, um, Mark, I was at home homeschooling at the time. And he was like, morning today when I'm at work, can you pick the beans? And I was like, I'll, you know, I'll start being like, yeah, okay. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, go. Bye. And then as soon as he's out the door, I'm like, pick the beans. I hate picking beans. I don't even like beans. I don't even why do we have to have a garden? <laughs> so anyway, I go through the whole day, and then in the and I'm thinking I probably don't even have time today. We'll see. And so going through the day, and then there's this perfect opportunity. To like it's just built for picking beans. It's just like this opening that God's like clearly now's the time to go pick the beans. So I just marched out to the garden with my bucket, and my bad attitude, and I just started picking beans. And I just started picking beans, and I was so mad, Amy. I was just picking beans and picking beans and I was complaining <laughs> about everything and I didn't like gardening and I didn't like beans and you can buy them for a buck at the store what are we doing this is so stupid and I don't even really like Dave very much right now and then then it was like um it was like God spoke so I didn't hear God speak and the clouds didn't open or anything but the words in my head were so different from the ones I was on a roll with the ones I was thinking that I know that it was God. And the words were, oh. Marnie, is there nothing for which you can be thankful? And mm-hmm. it took my breath away. I tell you what, I was like terrified. It was just so big. And I said, yes, I'm sure there must be something. And so for the first time, I looked up and it was a beautiful day, blue sky, just this 
beautiful, amazing day. I said, thank you. This is gorgeous. And it was northern Minnesota in the summer, and no mosquitoes were biting me. And I'm like, thank you. I don't know where they are, but thank you for keeping them away from me. And then I thought mm-hmm. of a friend who was flat on her back with back, you know, back um, trouble. And I said, thank you for healthy body that I can sit out here and do that. Yeah, thank you. And then, Eve, thank you for Dave. You know, I don't like picking his beans, but thank you for Dave. I really do love him. And we were coming mm. up on our 10th anniversary. And, Amy, that had to happen because I didn't know what was coming down the path there for me in the garden, but God did. So I kept picking yeah. beans. But now I'm picking beans with a happy, cheerful attitude. It's no big deal. It's a beautiful day. You know, what else would I be doing? Just something else, you know? So it was just this beautiful time to be outside and just picking beans. And I'm going down the row. And all of a sudden, there on a bean plant, on a bean, was hanging his wedding ring. Oh, my word. I could not believe it. It was a couple days before our 10th anniversary. And I had been asking God, we don't have much money. What can I give Dave for anniversary? God, what can I give Dave for anniversary? So I was so blown away and excited. I just ran in and I washed it up and I put it in a, I put it in a little jewelry box and when he asked where I wanted to go to supper, I picked something somewhere with really dim lighting because it was really beat up. And, <laughs> so supper, and I gave it to him and he opened it up and he goes, a wedding ring. And then he looked at me and he goes, hey, that's my wedding ring. <laughs> and I had to tell him the whole story. But the reality is that the reason God doesn't want us to stay in those only me feelings, those sad, self-pitying feelings is because it robs us of our joy. If I had still yeah. been mad at him when I found that, it wouldn't have been half, you know, not even a quarter as fun as it was when I was delighting in life when I came upon right. God's gift. You know, there's just, it just yeah. robs so much away from us. What a great story. I love that story. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> oh, story. that's awesome. <laughs> I know, oh. I know. So let's talk about miracles didn't just occur in the Old and New Testaments. And I'm going to let you share your story in just a minute. But before we do, in one of my books, I went through this in How God Heals Today. Because, of course, the kind that we all want, we all want the instant miraculous kind. I pray, I'm healed, done, thank you, God. And then we go on with life. Um, But there's actually four ways that God heals. Um, first of all, is the self-directed way where you get a cold or you get a flu and you start, you know, drinking a lot of liquids and you maybe, um, you know, you maybe rest a little bit more and you get better. Um, is that God healing you or not? I call it God healing because he's the one that created the body. So I feel like that's, that's right. Him telling us. And then doctor driven yes. healing. So this is when. It's a little, you know, years ago I had pneumonia and I had to go to the doctor and they gave me some meds, but I had an allergic reaction to the meds and I had to go into the emergency room and then I had to stay in the hospital a while because I was having this huge reaction. And okay, but eventually with the help of the doctors, I got better. That too, to me, is healing that comes to the hand of God, even though he uses doctors to do it. And actually he pays, you know, he pays for all their bills that they have through us going to use them. And then um, there's another one that's sleep-induced. This is when somebody actually dies. And in the moment a Christian dies, they are completely healed. Not only of the one thing that we were praying they be healed of, but they're healed of every last thing that was wrong with them. (laughs) Now they are really, really healed forever. So there's that one. And then there's the kind we all want is the miraculous kind. There's also three ways that God heals. And this, this is so interesting. Um, so when Jesus, when Jesus was on earth, he used these three ways to heal people. First of all was instant and complete. So he just says to the guy, you know, stand up, take up your mat and walk. You know what I mean? That's just, you're done. You're healed. All done. There's, there's also some um, healings in the Bible where Jesus does gradual, where he like, um, spits in the mud and he puts the mud on the guy's eyes and then he says look around what do you see and the guy's like yeah I can see better I can see like men walking like trees but I can't mm-hmm. so he does it again so not even Jesus always had in you know he wasn't even always given instant complete he, he did a gradual and then there's also Jesus did a healing requiring the personal action 
where he, he did the mud up in guy's eyes. And then he said, okay, now you're going to go over to the pool over there. You're going to wash and then you'll be able to see. So kind of a partnership type of a situation there. So as we're talking about God, does God heal today? Just keep this in mind. You know, he's still God. He didn't quit healing just because the Bible got done being written. Um, he does still heal today. So Amy, at this point, I want to pass this over to you because I know you have stuff you want to tell us about this. Yes. And I loved uh, um, all of the descriptions in different ways to, for people to keep in mind because, um, that's all very important um, ways to look at healing. Um, I Yes, when we read the Bible, we see all of the, the ways that, um, you know, Jesus has healed, God has healed, and we wonder, is that available uh, to us today? And, and it is, and I've experienced it. So I shared um, a few minutes earlier that in 1996 I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which is a mental Ill- illness of the brain. You swing between periods of highs and lows. It's a devastating um, illness, um, and I, I went through many you know, terrible things, consequences from the illness and also just from my actions. And I struggled with bipolar for 17 years. And, and during that time, I, um, because of some of the swings and, and the different um, things that I went through, I spent money that we didn't have, um, you know, made poor choices, had these grandiose ideas of things on how to solve all the world's problems, uh, slipped into really bad depression where I didn't want to, you know, do anything or um, take care of dinner dishes or breakfast dishes. I was in my pajamas all day, really extreme uh, swings of, of this illness and um, managed over those 17 years to kind of, after medication, I got more regulated and I got a, a, a more normal lifestyle for myself, but it still, it still hurt my family. It still hurt uh, my, my marriage at the time and it still hurt me. And so, um, I got divorced in 2007, and um, God started taking me down a path of, of of reshaping me, of reforming me, of of telling me who he who he was. And um, in 2009, I was remarried, and in 2013, um, we kind of hit a wall in our marriage. And a lot of my past came back uh, to haunt me, things in my life and um, my illness. And a friend of mine had said, hey, I've been thinking about you, praying for you. I really think you need to do this day of prayer. And um, I'd really encourage you to come and, and do it. And so I thought about it. And, and finally, I was I was desperate. I was at the end of my rope and uh, tired of all of the bitterness and resentment and just, you know, feeling sorry for myself, feeling like I was the only one. And um, I went to this day of prayer, and they gave me a, a booklet, and um, inside of it were all of these prayers and and questions and, and things in my life that I had to look back at. We went back to the first memory I ever had, and we started going through my life, and, and I started repenting of, of sin and um, going through the situations with my parents' divorce and my divorce and my new marriage. And um, we prayed over every aspect of my life. And at the end, the women both laid hands on me and prayed for me, for my renewal, for my reformation, for me to be completely healed of my bipolar disorder. And over those 17 years, I had accumulated a lot of luggage, I believed a lot of lies that the enemy told me, um, and really kind of lost my way from how God originally designed me. And I was carrying around all of these suitcases filled with mm-hmm. all of this stuff that I didn't need. And when I walked out that day, after eight hours of prayer, I left all of those suitcases at the foot of the mm-hmm. cross, and I walked out carrying my purse. And I was mm-hmm. I was new. I was a, a new person, and I, I didn't know what that looked like. Um, I had struggled for so long, and so I just asked, you know, Lord, I'm going to need to see a sign from heaven 
um, because when you're when you have this illness, they tell you never go off your medication. You need to stay on your medication. And so I prayed for a sign that um, that I from heaven that I would know that it was okay for me to wean off my medication. And um, seven days later. I saw my sign. It was a shooting star. And I have been off all of my medication and completely healed since 2013. Wow. That is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really crazy. And I am not a person that looks for demons behind every bush or anything like that. But at the same time, I know that they are also active still in the world and that they can, they can wreck a lot of havoc. There was one day that I came out of my, um, I came out of my bedroom and I started walking down the hall and I felt like, I felt almost like I had broken like my shin or something. It's just right under my knee. And it was so immediate. I hadn't done anything. It was just immediately excruciatingly painful. And mm. I just almost, I just felt almost fell to the ground, caught myself, but almost fell to the ground. I couldn't put weight on it. It was like, what in the world? And so I just turned around and I went back into the bedroom and I sat down and I'm like, what in the world? God, what in the world? And um, I was just in my spirit. I just understood that I was just under attack. And I just said, oh, wow. well, okay, then in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I just, I don't want this. I don't want this. And it just went away. Now, that's wow. never happened to me before or after that day. And I would have said that was craziness to talk like that before it happened to me. But um, the reality is that I think there's a lot going on in the unseen world that has a play in this there's also like in your story there's just time there's there's a progression of things and god doesn't heal everything all at once you know he 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 may heal my shin but maybe not another thing that i've wrong i I remember one time having i remember one time having the stomach i had the stomach so bad i was in the bathroom in the middle of the night laying on the rug in the bathroom because i couldn't venture farther away than that and it's just like and of all the crazy things to be praying for I didn't I wasn't even praying that I get over the stomach flu for some dumb reason but I was like god I'm just so sick of being blind and I had worn really thick glasses since I was tiny and I was you know I was just you know whatever they call that you know I could see I could see with my glasses but without my glasses I was really blind I couldn't see a face across the table who that was I could not see so um for some reason that night, I just, I just was crying out to God. Just, I'm so tired of this. I just want to, I want to be able to see. I just want to be able to see. And it wasn't like maybe 10 years, less than 10 years later that God allowed me to have LASIK surgery. And now I have 20, 20 vision. All of these things, you know, we all just want instant healing. We want healing every time we feel bad. We want healing for everybody we love, of course. And the reality is that God's in charge and he totally, totally still heals today. But he doesn't yes. do it because we demand it. He does it because he loves us. And when he looks at the big scheme of all of eternity, he says, this is the best choice for right now for you and everybody else involved, for everybody that will be affected. You know, and I think we have yes. to just get okay with us not being God. Absolutely. And I, and I think part of it is um, back to, you know, like what you mentioned about that attack and that you hadn't really felt that before, but you, you recognized what it was. I think that um, for me, way back when I was a child, when my parents divorced, there was the seed planted that, mm-hmm. um, that right. I, I was a mistake, that the divorce was my fault. And for some reason, that was the door. Right, that was the door right. that opened up that the enemy could mm-hmm. use then to speak all of these lies over me. And eventually, I believed them, and mm-hmm. um, and that was that was one way he was able to use it against me. We all have things in our life. We all have um, situations that we've gone through where it's opened the door, and we're very vulnerable in that area. And we might believe that, you know, we, we don't have a lot of self-worth or we, we may feel like we have to be perfect at our, at our jobs and at our lives um, because then we're portraying that we are in control. Um, we may have had a situation um, where we lost somebody that we loved and that, and that um, made us doubt, you know, God mm-hmm. and, and why would he take that person? I mean, we've all experienced something where we have this, this door, this weakness now. And the enemy knows that, and he'll use it. And and um, if he's come 
to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, he, he doesn't want any of us to go to heaven. He wants to distract us and put us on this path where we're all, you know, lost our joy. We've all under endless struggle. We all don't like who we are. We have to go back and remember that God has come to give us life and to the fullest. And we have to grab onto all of the gifts he gives us, including that healing, including that love, including that joy. And um, it's it's definitely a journey. Yeah, it, it really is. And the next thing we wanted to talk about is that God still speaks to us today. And this is, I am so grateful that I get to live on this side of the cross. <laughs> and I know yeah. that they had a personal relationship with God somehow before that. But the fact that we get to have the Holy Spirit live right in us and we can just hear God speak to us in our hearts and have this amazing close relationship with him is so beautiful. In my book, Feeling Loved, which I wrote because so many women were communicating to me, I love God, but I don't know if he really loves me. You know, Um, there's just this lack of this sense of being loved. And Amy, I feel so so loved by God, like, it's just like his favorite, you know, we're all his favorite, Mm, and I feel that that way, you know, and um, in the book, I talked about, um, sometimes, you know, it's hard to believe that he would really speak to you in your heart, but he does, and I like to say that he isn't, he's not a girlfriend, so like you and I, Amy, when we would talk to each other, um, we would be talking, and Uh, we've done it here on the call very, very many times where one of us says, "Mm." you know, we give each other little um, notifications that we're actually listening and engaged. And God really isn't like that. He's just going to listen and you just have to trust that he's listening. He's more like a guy talker from my perspective in that he isn't a big talker. He doesn't talk out loud hardly ever. And he's sometimes incomprehensible. Like when he does talk, you get like a hint of something or you get a direction, but not a clear, you know, whatever. It's not like he's, he's not like he's a person. Uh, He's God. And so he's going to communicate with you in his, in his own way. But there's at least 21 ways that God still speaks to us today. And I'm just going to read off a bunch of them for you. Sunrises, sunrises, sunsets, stars, trees, flowers, rainfalls, Rainbows, billowing clouds, clear skies, a song on the radio, a sermon or book, an article or a story that answers your most burning questions, hugs in person, hugs from somebody online or on your phone or in the mailbox, helping hands in your time of need, a verse from the Bible that seems to just jump off the page at you, gentle whispers as God breathes his love into your conscious mind. These are all just some of the ways that God speaks to us besides words. Um, then he can just put a thought in our heart. I mean, that's, that happens all the time with me. He loves to talk to us today. Being in his word is absolutely critical because it keeps everything in balance so that we can't be deceived by something that we're thinking that we think might be God, but it doesn't line up with the scriptures. So, that is like, if you ever have any doubt, go back to the Bible and does what does what's coming in your heart line up with what the God of the Bible would be telling you to do? Or is it contrary yeah. to him? It's, it's right back to that earlier thought, taking every thought captive. Yes. One of the things I, I loved that you said was how it can be from a hug or um, from someone else. I think we have to remember that that when when God gives us an impression like hey I want you to I want you to call Marnie today you don't know exactly what that means mm-hmm. but you I give you a call and you're like oh, I really needed to talk with you today thanks so much for calling God knew that and he used me to call you and that's because he loves you that much that he wanted you to to get a phone call from me today I love that when someone comes up and goes I just want to give you a hug um, or, right. hey, I was thinking about you and praying for you. So I, if you haven't necessarily heard that audible voice, um, I'm sure that you've heard God in other ways through people, through the sunrises, through the sunsets, through the trees, um, all the different ways that you mentioned. That was beautiful. 
so uh, when you're first learning to hear God speak, it's a little intimidating because, and a friend of mine helped me with this. I was like, I think I'm just going crazy. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm losing my mind because I can't, it just sounds like my own voice, but I'm pretty sure it's God. So I don't know how to tell because how do I know if it's me or God or the devil talking to me? How do I know? And she just explained that if you think about how we're built, so the brain is up in the head and that's where any kind of thought is being processed is up in the brain. But the soul and the heart of us is down in the center, in the core of us. Uh, Kind of, you know, Mm. I mean, God named the heart and put it in the right place to help us understand where that soul part of us actually resides. It's down, it's down there. And so when the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us down there begins to speak to us, of course it would have to go through my mental processing which makes sense then that sounds kind of like my voice. And so, um, so it does. And you just have to learn to distinguish between the two. But I think exactly what you said was that at least some point in your life, you've probably had a sense of God prompting you to do something or call somebody or move into the different lane. I had a friend, (laughs) I had a friend who was, uh, a widow, she was a single mom because she's a widow and she raised these kids by herself and she had to drive for her work. And it was long, endless long hours out in the middle of nowhere, North Dakota. And so frequently she would speed. And um, she said, she, she said, this is the craziest thing, but she said God would always prompt her when she needed to slow down, <laughs> when there was a, mm. a, a car coming <laughs> or when there was going to be a cow on the road. I mean, she said it didn't matter either way, that he would always prompt her and she would just have this little nudge that she would realize, I need to slow down whatever the danger was ahead. And then she right. would slow back down. And that doesn't even make sense to our brains because we're like, well, wait a minute. God wouldn't want her to speed. I mean, that's just like crazy. But the reality is, is if you ever, ever read the Bible, he's nuts. God is completely beyond our capability to comprehend in any way, shape or form. He gives us principles and guidelines to live by. And then he goes ahead and breaks them all the time. We were just talking about this at church on Sunday. You know, God says, okay, uh, for six days he works, seven days is rest. So for you guys, six days work, seventh day rest. And this guy goes out and picks um, picks up some wood. So we got to stone him because he didn't obey. And then very shortly after that, he has uh, Joshua have the people of Israel walk around Jericho for seven days. And on the seventh day, walk around seven times. So, the Sabbath day had to come in there at some point. So the reality right. is that God's never just making these rules to be this big rule keeper guy. He's not, he's not that person. He's not who you think he is. He's always making rules for our benefit, for the benefit of our personal nature, our personal lives and joy, but also for the benefit of the people around us. It's just a lot nicer for everybody around me if I'm not swearing all the time and stealing their stuff and coveting everything they've got. And I mean, it just makes for better relationships all the way around. Plus, I'm happier. So we've got this great God who needs to actually communicate with us to help us understand what to do. You know, what do we do when we're in the deep end of the pool? Are we supposed to just swim right to the side and pull ourselves out, get out of it somehow? Are we supposed to stay in there and learn how to swim and then teach others? You know, uh, what, you know, how would we know if God wasn't helping us? And I I love what you said too, about um, just the different ways that going back to this, the different ways that God talks to us. And I think the biggest thing is that we need to be listening and we need to quiet ourselves enough with all of the distractions in this world to be listening. And when we can listen, um, we can then discern uh, all of those things. Do we need to get out of the pool? Do we need to stay in the pool? Do we need to teach somebody else to swim? But when we're not listening, when we're not setting aside time to be in the word and listening to what God is saying to us individually, then it's hard to discern what are we supposed to do and then how long are we supposed to be in the pool and um, I I think that's where we've missed. And sometimes the Bible can be overwhelming to people. It's like, well, depending on what translation, there's a lot of these and thous, and, and I don't really understand that. And, yeah. you know, there's parables and stories and rules, and, you know, it doesn't make much sense to me. Well, I think about it as um, 
when we are lost in the car. You know, we don't have really roadmaps anymore that we can actually grab onto. Now we have GPS and they're in our cars. But we use our GPS so that we don't get lost. That's what we need to be thinking about how to use the Bible. We use the Bible so that we don't get lost and that it will help us navigate, you know, through this life. And then we know how long we got to stay in the pool. Okay. I've never really heard that exact analogy and I just love it because not only oh, is good. that exactly right that it's the Bible's like the GPS and it's true that while the Bible itself doesn't lead us down the wrong path ever, it's also ever. true that the Bible doesn't give specific directions for specific instances like should I take job A or job B? Should we go to dinner at this restaurant or that one? I mean there's those kind of things aren't in there (laughs) so we have to check in with god the spirit at that point so the gps is is the general guideline that's getting us from place to place beautiful and then the holy spirit helps us with those specific questions that we have in the moment what do i do even even in the moment what do i say or do i say anything at all should i just maybe be quiet right now you know yes um well and look at Look at how often, though, even on the road that we travel, there are detours. Some of them exactly. we, mm-hmm. turn, we turn off and make our own detour because we need to we've decided to cut over to this store. Or other times there's the orange cones that everybody loves, and we're detoured without our, mm-hmm. you know, we don't right. want to do that. We right. want to take the straightest shot. But mm-hmm. we need in life when we have these detours, if we follow God's word, he'll get us back on track and what's amazing is what he's doing to all of us right now you know he designed it so that we would be in the garden and be with him and there would be no sin and when sin entered you know everything changed and he has been taking us on this path of restoration and reformation um, with all of these detours you know the whole existence of the world and eventually we're going to get back to how he originally designed it and that's with him you know, in heaven. And so um, we just need to, we need to stay focused on, on the big picture and, and, and the journey that we're on. This is a flow of consciousness type comment here, but you've used the word reformation a couple of times in this program. And I'm, I was thinking, I, that's a word I never use. I, I never use the word reformation, but what a cool word reformed. I mean, that, formed new you know it's just it's just not in my vocabulary I don't don't use that word but I really love it it's a great word <laughs> oh, thanks for well, reminding me about that word it's really awesome yeah <laughs> well for me back when I was um going through those 17 years of 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 mental illness and and all of the problems in my life I had all of these things sticking to me that I had put there myself you know, all mm-hmm. the ways that I thought I needed to present myself to the world, that I needed to be perfect, um, and and how the world would look at me. And it really, through, through that, um, that time period after the divorce, when God was taking time to, to work on me, he was reforming me, he was reshaping me, he was remolding me, so that all of those things that I thought that were important, all those things I had sticking to me, um, he could then reshape me. He is the ultimate potter, and um, and I now can um, be this new this new image how he originally designed me to be, and and that's why I like the word reform. Yeah, it's a beautiful word. So, how do we believe that God has a a plan for our lives specifically and a purpose for our life? Do you believe that yourself? I do. I do, and I sometimes, when I have some extra free time, I wondered if I hadn't taken all these detours, um, mm. would I be at the exact same spot I am now um, mm. based on everything that I have, all of the knowledge of, of where I've been and, and, and what I wouldn't redo. Um, but I do believe that he has me exactly where he's always wanted me, which is, which is helping people um, and help them find their way. And, um, I mean, I wanted to be an author when I was in high school, and so I have achieved that now. He's given me that, that dream back again, even though all of the detours. 
And um, I, he's brought me full circle, even though I messed so many things up. And I, and I know that he has a purpose for me, and I know that um, he has a plan for me, and I'm just trying to, to live that out now one day at a time. So one of the things that um, I continue to be challenged with and to learn, and it's an, a process over time, is that I can't I can't really truly mess it up in such a way that it's irredeemable. There's just no way. In fact, yeah. God, God, that's like the thing. If I could say what He does best, <laughs> and it isn't really what He does best, but I think it's it's the most amazing thing to me is that he takes my manure, he takes my messes, my mistakes, my total, you know, flops, and he turns them into beautiful flower gardens. Yeah. And the only role, the, my whole role there is to just yield it to him, just say, I believe you, I believe you, <laughs> and that's it. I don't even, sometimes my messes are so big, I can't possibly fix them myself. Um, they're mm-hmm. just a lot of times I'm in a mess that I didn't create. I, I say, God, I didn't break it and I can't fix it. I don't know. You know, and all of these things, he just wants us to yield to him, give to him and watch what he's going to do. Beautiful trophies come out of, uh, of hard fought battles. I mean, that's, that's where trophies come from. If there's no competition, if there's no war, if there's no race, there's no trophy. It has to kind of feel weird and bad sometimes in in order for it to produce the final result. You know, like you said at the very beginning of this hour, you said, because if we just stayed in the shallow part of the pool, we'd never develop our muscles. It would be boring. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. but, you know, we don't, nobody likes, nobody likes being submerged in the deep end of the pool. I mean, that's just not a good feeling. But the reality is that it's it's not going to last. It came to pass. It's going to leave. It's not going to be here very long. And you can celebrate so much more. You can endure it and delight in it so much more if you let God help you, if you really comprehend the fact that he's right there in the deep end with you. You are not alone. Yes. And this this journey, and I love that, that you brought us all the way back around, um, and this journey that we're in, yes, some of the things that we've done are, are self-inflicted, some of the mistakes where we, you know, want control, we want to do our own thing, but there are other things that, you know, God allows into our lives Absolutely. to grow us, and, and, and you have to be able to discern, okay, Lord, I'm here right now, and I don't like this, and instead of saying, I don't, I'm the only one, I feel sorry for myself, you know, I don't like this, say, Lord, what do you want to teach me in this moment? What are you trying to show me? And when we can um, go get past that, feeling sorry for ourselves and the disappointment and all of that, and actually ask God, what do you want to teach me? Well, wow, that, that flower garden that you're talking about is just going to be that much more beautiful, that much more growing, um, and able for other people to come in and see what God is is doing in that particular garden, and we just we have to be able to allow Him, like you said, to to take us and transform us and and grow us. So I love that imagery. And there's no greater joy in life than watching God change us. I I really I I think maybe the first my first greatest joy in life is leading people to Christ. I mean that's like almost nothing beats that the the celebration of a new soul forever in the kingdom of God. But then beyond that, to watch God change us, like to watch God change me and to have me look back and say, Oh my goodness. I remember when I used to daydream about some prince in a limo pulling up in front of my house and taking me away from all of this. (laughs) I'm really happy. I don't have to daydream like that anymore. You know, that I'm okay where I am. It's okay. I can be here without, without needing to escape like that. So uh, when you look back at these different things that you were stuck in before for years, even maybe, and they're gone and you're free of it. It's just such a beautiful thing to see God actually work. Amy, this hour has flown by. Thank you yes, it so is. much for joining us. <laughs> it's been wonderful. I truly appreciate your time and, and the message and everything that you're doing, Marnie. It's wonderful. 
uh, will love you. And you guys want to check out her books in Over My Head as well as a couple more. And her website, amysbowman.com. Amy, what are they going to find when they go over there? Well, I have a unique spelling, so they'll have to A-M-M-I-E-B-O-U-W-M-A-N.com. Um, it's kind of a picture of where my life is right now. You can find um, books that are for sale. You can see the ministry, Forest Glory Ministry, and everything that God has been doing there. Um, mm. You can see a video of, of from the 700 Club that I was on in May, just a little snapshot of my mental illness and my healing, and um, also what's new, um, things that are happening with a new class I'm teaching. So it's a really good snapshot of where God has brought me and what he's uh, doing in my life right now. Very cool. So you guys want to be sure to check that out. You can also check out her speaking ministry at womenspeakers.com under Michigan. You will find her there. Amy, what is one of your favorite Bible verses? Probably um, Psalm 46:10. Be still and know that I am God. It has been my, my life verse. It's been, um, especially with my illness and all of my rapid thoughts and everything that I had had before, it was reminding me that I needed to be still and know who God was in my life. And it's something that I have uh, clung to um, always and forever. So that's, that's the one I stand on. So beautiful. Mine is 2 Corinthians 9, 8 uh, in the NIV version. But God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having everything you need, you may abound in every good work. I think I like it best because of the superlatives. You know, I can do it pretty good some of the time, maybe, but God can do it all the time, abounding and excellence and all this. And I just love that that's who I work for and that's who works through us. It's just such a joy oh, to work amen. Yeah. Amy, thank you. Thank you for your courage to tell your story. I love the authenticity that you shared with us today, as well as the um, great insights into how to actually, you know, um, journey through down this path with God and uh, find joy in it. God bless you, my dear. Oh, thank you, Marnie. Love you. Love you, too. And thank you guys for joining us. Always so wonderful to have you with us live, all of you who are here today. Uh, oftentimes, we're number one on Blog Talk Radio during the program. I haven't even looked today, but a lot of times we are. And I'm so grateful for you guys who come live to allow that to happen and have more people be able to find this show. Thank you. And if you ever want to make a comment um, on the main show page, that would be helpful, too, and uh, increasing the rankings and that kind of thing. We just so love doing this. I've been doing this now. This is our 10th anniversary. Amazing. Uh, used to be called Marnie's Friends, and now in 2019, changed it over to Perspective Transformation. And just love sharing my Wednesday afternoons with you and all, almost always a guest. So thanks for being here. Love you. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.